Morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. There is much to learn about following God, walking with Him. There's a lot to learn about faith, being led by the Spirit, uh, the, the response. You, you can't control everything that happens around you in this world. There are other people involved, and there's all kind of stuff going on. Uh, thoughts and feelings that even come against you. you. You can't prevent all of that from coming to you or against you. You can control what gets in you. You can control your response and reaction to things. You don't have to let depression and fear just sit on you and you think it and talk it and let it get in you. Let it get in your mind and let it get in your inner being. You don't have to do that. You can resist it and you can change the channel of what you're looking at, thinking about, talking about. And you, you and I uh, have a free will, and thank God, greater is He who's in us. He, he quickens us and give us, gives us the ability to resist the enemy and yield to the Lord. Two of the biggest things we'll ever learn in this life is what to yield to and what to resist. A lot of people are resisting God when they should be yielding to Him. And a lot of folks are yielding to the enemy, don't even realize it's the enemy, when they should be resisting. So let's pray this out loud and, and believe the Lord to add light to us about this. Say, Father God, Father God reveal, to me reveal to me what is you, what is you and what is not you, what, is not you. What, to yield to what to yield to and what to resist. What to resist. I ask it in Jesus' name. Lord, we do, we agree together, and we thank you for utterance and anointing. Show us your paths and your ways today. In Jesus' name, amen. Look, please, in Hebrews, the third chapter again, Hebrews 3. Let's continue in our study of what we're calling overcoming unbelief. Hebrews 3, 7 says, Wherefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you'll hear his voice, Harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness when your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works 40 years. There are multiple times that they, in, they imagine they're testing God. They're saying, God, prove it. He did this. Can he do this? The psalmist quote says, they said, you know, he brought water out of the rock. Can he furnish a table in the wilderness? A challenge. A test. That's not faith. That's actually lack of faith. Unbelief. They were the ones being tested. 
and failing the test miserably. And that's what he's saying. They kept trying to prove me and tempt me and test me. Uh, Forty years it, it continued. Verse 10, wherefore I was grieved with that generation. I don't want the Lord grieved with me. Do you? I don't want him looking and seeing Keith on planet earth and going, man, <laughs> when is he going to get a clue? No. Faith pleases God. Is that right? If I'm trusting him, if I'm obeying him, not, he's not indifferent about that. He's pleased with it. The Bible said the eyes of the Lord are searching to and fro. He's scanning the globe, scanning the planet. He's looking for somebody whose heart is right. See, they, they had an evil heart of unbelief, and um, they erred in their heart. With God, it's always about the heart. He knows we don't know much in our head. He knows that. He's not expecting you to know things he hasn't shown you yet, or you haven't learned to grow. He knows what you know and what you don't know. But regardless of our knowledge or lack of it, your heart can be right even when you don't understand at all. You can, your heart can be right. You can be willing to trust God. You can be willing to listen to Him. And that's what He's looking for. And the Bible said in the verse we just quoted that He's scanning the planet he, he wants to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is perfect or wholehearted, right heart before him. He goes on to say, verse 12, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. Pray this out loud. Uh, and and a, you know, if, if, if it's in your heart to pray it, say, Father God, I don't want to be. Displeasing to you are hard-hearted, are stubborn. That's not my desire. That's not my choice. Open my eyes and work in me to will and to do of all your good pleasure. I'm willing to be willing. I want to obey. And please you, work it in me, teach me, in Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. If you meant that, he will. He'll do it. He'll show you. He, he's working in you. Uh, I particularly like that verse that's from Philippians. That he said, work in, in us to will and to do. There are times... You can even, you know, maybe your mind's not been renewed or, or something, or your flesh is wanting something it shouldn't want. You can say, Lord, uh, He knows your heart. And no need playing with Him. He knows if you're not wanting to do what you should do or wanting to do something you shouldn't do. But you can be willing to get willing. Yes, right? Even if you're not there yet, you can say, Lord, work in me. Huh? And, and he won't override your will, but just praying that prayer, you're giving him opportunity. You're, you're giving him access. You're saying, Lord, I want to be willing. Work in me to will, to will, and to do. And he'll do it. He said, take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you 
an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. We just prayed about that. Go to Numbers 16 again, and let's continue looking. This is the 11th event of unbelief. It's Korah's rebellion, what happened there. And the big lesson about this, don't do it. <laughs> right? Would you agree, Clint? I mean, have you read this chapter? Have you seen how this turns out? Don't do this. And that's really this whole series. Uh, isn't that what he said in Hebrews and 1 Corinthians 10? Don't be like that. Don't do what they did. And so when the Scripture tells us that, that's why we're spending so much time on it, so that we're not ignorantly then making the same mistakes that they made. We know we're not ignorant of the enemy's device. In Numbers 16 and 1, Korah, Dathan, Abiram, and then verse 2, the 250 princes uh, famous in the assembly, they gathered themselves together, verse 3, against Moses and against Aaron, and they said to them, You take too much on you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them, why then do you lift up yourselves above the, the congregation of the Lord? This turned into a who put you in charge deal. And they challenged Moses and Aaron about this. And Moses, Aaron, most of the time, followed Moses word for word. And Moses, most of the time, followed God, word for word. One of the uh, uh, things that's a blessing to see uh, on all the instructions that God gave Moses, you'll find these phrases, and the Lord commanded Moses. And then it'll say, and as the Lord commanded Moses, so did Moses. <laughs> you will find that, I guess, maybe scores of times. The Lord commanded Moses, then it says, as the Lord commanded Moses, so did Moses. And if you look in verse 28 here of this chapter, number 16, uh, Moses said, and this is, uh, this is right before, well, when Moses is saying these words, uh, Korah, Dathan, Abiram, all these 250 have minutes left to live. And this is what he said. He said, hereby you're going to know that the Lord has sent me to do all these works. Because see, they're challenging him that the Lord did, you know, that he promoted himself. He said, you're going to know by, by what's about to happen that the Lord has sent me to do all these works for I have not done them of my own mind. He's saying this this wasn't my idea. I didn't choose to do this. This was God uh, selected this for me. Let, me. let me read this to you from some other translations. The complete English says, Moses said, the Lord has chosen me and told me to do these things. It wasn't my idea. Wasn't my idea. The, the authorized ASV says, I have not done them of my own mind. The Living Bible says, Jehovah has sent me to do these things. I have not done them on my own. And that's what he said a couple of verses later. He said, these men have despised Jehovah. They have, they have disrespected 
and despised God himself. We, we studied, uh, I guess it was a, a number of classes ago, we got into how that Jesus said, if, if you receive the one I send, you receive me. And if you receive me, you receive the one who sent me. And God is really big on delegation. And if you don't respect the one he sent, he takes it personally. You remember that Saul, before he became Paul, the apostle, he was the enemy of the church. And he went, uh, you know, arresting people, drug them out of their houses, put them in jail. And he was even a, a, a witness and, and holding the garments and consenting to the death of Stephen when they stoned him. And, you know, when he's on the road to Damascus to do some more of this, to, he, he thought this was a, a, a cult that was dangerous that needed to be stamped out. He thought he's doing the work of God. And he met Jesus. <laughs> and there was a bright light and the glory of God shone. And um, what did the voice say? Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Notice he didn't say, why are you persecuting my people? Why are you persecuting my Christians? He said, why are you doing this to me? And Saul said, Lord, who are you? And he has met the master here. But remember, the Lord also said, whether it was feeding somebody or visiting them or helping them. He said, inasmuch as you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. So delegation is big to God. And whatever you do or don't do to those he has chosen and called and anointed, you did it or didn't do it to him. And so these people, Korah, Dathan, Abiram, and all these 250 and everybody that was following them, they did not see themselves as opposing God. Part of their problem is they don't even act like they're really sure God exists part of the time. I mean, that almost seems incredible to say that because after all they've seen, but their actions show they're still debating about it because they're wanting to go back to Egypt, right? They're wanting to forsake everything that's happened. So um, they thought they had a problem with Moses. But God took it personally. Like they were in his face defying him. Which is why moments later the ground opened up. And Korah and Dathan and Abiram and all of those folks went down, the Bible said, alive to Sheol. The place of the dead. They went, uh, that, that same word's translated hell. Went down instantly alive into the pit. And then it closed up. And then fire blasted out and consumed uh, the 250 that were out there holding up a censer. Nobody should have been holding a censer except the priest. The, the holy incense was a very specific compound and all the people were commanded, nobody can use this at home. 
You couldn't use the holy incense. You couldn't use the holy oil. Nobody was allowed to make the compound or sell it or distribute it. It was only for God's exclusive use at the tabernacle. And the only ones that could handle it were the sons of Aaron, the priests. Now, the the Levites, of whom Korah was, they were the helps ministry. They they handled the furniture of the tabernacle. They, They set it up, and they packed it, and they moved it. But they couldn't go inside the Holy of Holies. They they couldn't offer the blood on the mercy seat. They couldn't offer the holy incense. Everybody knew that was only the priest. And yet, they all standing out there. Can you see gross disrespect? Can you see this? And see, it starts back up to this, this earlier verse in the chapter. It says that they were saying, you take too much on you. Uh, we might say it like this, you, you've gone too far. You, you have pushed yourself up, Moses and Aaron. Who do you think you are? Who put you in charge? They said, all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord's among them. So why do you lift up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord? These people really make a mistake by ignoring what they call the Old Testament. This is the Word of God. And these these accounts are so rich with light and truth and revelation. God has never changed. Truth has never changed. Our covenant has changed. Our access to God has changed because of what Jesus has done. But right and wrong has never changed. Truth has not changed. All these things that you read about here, they're still happening have you ever heard people say, well, nobody should be over anybody else. We're all equal. We're all the same. You ever heard any of that? That's exactly what they were saying. All of us, somebody said, is that the way it is? Uh, no. No. <laughs> what, what do you mean? Well, how did that turn out? <laughs> Did God agree with them? Huh? Would have been the perfect opportunity for God to say, yeah, Moses, now you guys are getting a little too big for your britches. You know, everybody's equal. No, 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 no. We are all equally loved of God. We're all equally saved. We all have the same rights and access to the blood, to the Holy Spirit, to the blessings. The list goes on. But what they're saying is there is no special. There's no special call. There's no special anointing. There's no special grace or graces. And that's not true. It wasn't true then. It's not true now. It's never been true with God. Um, You know, Peter, when they... uh, there was the issue about him going to the Gentiles and preaching the gospel because other folks thought that he shouldn't have gone there. He, he stood up on one occasion and the, the thing he gave as him having a right to speak on the occasion, he said, you know that God made choice that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of God. See, he said, that gives me a right to say something about the why. God could have chosen anybody he wanted to. Yeah. 
Is that right? To do that, but he didn't. He didn't. And what we saw on a number of classes back is that 1 Corinthians talks about ministry gifts. And it says, uh, uh, are all apostles? And what's the answer to that? No. Are all prophets? No. He gave some. Everybody say some. Some Some to be apostles. Some prophets. Some teachers. And and he talks about the ministry of miracles and and governments and those kind of things. Uh, All of us are human. All of us have made mistakes. Uh, And we are all equally redeemed. But that doesn't mean we all have the same place as far as call. And so... When God calls somebody like Moses and Aaron and anoints them specially, even if that person makes mistakes or big mistakes and you can't respect everything that person is saying or doing, you must respect the call or you disrespect God. Come on, can you see that? You must respect the place or you disrespect the one who gave them the place. Hmm? You know, um, Israel said they wanted a king. And so uh, God showed Samuel, the prophet, uh, that Saul would be their king. And so he, he anointed Saul with the anointing oil, and he became king. But then, you know, Saul got to where he wouldn't listen to God, and he, he disobeyed God. And, and um, so... The, uh, the Lord told Samuel to go anoint David, and he used to be the king now uh, because Saul wouldn't listen. And so uh, then when Saul found out about it, he tried to kill David, and David had to go on the run. And You remember on more than one occasion, Saul was in a place where David and his soldiers saw him, had access to him, and they said, man, this is our opportunity. Kill him, and it'll be over. And David said, no, no, his time will come. You know, either in battle or something, but my hand will not touch the Lord's anointed. Oh, come on, did you? Now, God's anointed? The man has got evil spirits. Is that right? I mean, he's trying to kill people. I mean, you know, more than once, David's just playing the harp and he throws a spear at him, tries to pin him against the wall. Uh, murderous, envious, uh, bitter. That's not godly. He's not saying you have to respect that. But did God choose the man? Yeah. Was the holy anointing oil poured on him? Yeah. Should you respect that? No matter what the man or woman ever does or doesn't do after that. And if you have faith, you believe if God put them in, he can take them out. Is that right? But it's not going to be my hand. It's not going to, now, now, we haven't changed the subject. Is Korah and Dathan and these people trying to take Moses out? Yes. They're trying to replace them. They're trying to take them out. Is that the last time that happened? How many times have churches split? Huh? I mean, even you got a Bible study with five people. <laughs> I'm telling you, the devil is always trying to instigate strife and bitterness and division and somebody say I think I could be a better prayer leader you know and so they huddle in the corner and talk to two of the prayers (laughs) now we're laughing but God don't think it's funny 
Huh? This is something he absolutely hates. I didn't say he hates the people, but he hates this strife and this envy. And this, the Bible said where there's envy and strife, James says, there's every evil work. It's manifestations of evil spirits. When there's this, I'm taking over, uh, you know. And listen to the language that people use to justify it. All the congregation are holy. Huh? <laughs> Every one of them. We're all, all of us have the Spirit. Yeah, but that don't mean you're all called the same. Well, yeah, but we all have the Spirit. And God, you know, God has used me in the gifts of the Spirit too. Okay. <laughs> doesn't mean you have the anointing to lead. It doesn't. And God makes choice among us. Just like he made choice with Moses. And there, you know, that burning bush where Moses was on, out there in the, in the wilderness, that was not an accident. Huh? How many know God didn't just light the bush and Moses happened to be, happened to be in the vicinity? This is for Moses. Is that right? This is for him. Why? He's picked him. He saved him when he was in that little basket floating down the Nile. Is that right? He's got an eye on him, his hand on him every step of the way. This is his choice. And so when Korah and Dathan and all these people rise up and go, we don't like him, we don't want him, we're replacing him. This is what the devil has done every generation since there's been human beings on the planet when Jesus himself was born and he came unto his own, what was the response? His own did not receive him. They said, we don't want this one. Uh-uh. This is not. God says, here's your Savior. Here's your Redeemer. Here's the fulfillment of prophecy. They're like, uh, not him. Nope. Nope. We don't want him. Mankind has historically and repeatedly rejected God's choice. And in doing so, they've rejected God himself. Because he's not going to change for you. He's not going to say, okay, you don't like them? Who do you like? Oh, you. <laughs> you want to be a <laughs> Pray this out loud, class. Father God. I respect you, and I respect your choice. If I haven't shown respect to those you've called and appointed and anointed, I repent. Help me not to see just after the flesh and judge after the flesh, but to be spiritual and to be aware of who you have called and whom you have chosen and to show proper respect and render honor to those to whom honor is due. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Praise God. And you know all of that is still talking about faith because 
faith is a rest, and instead of thinking you gotta take charge and take over, and you can rest and say, no, no, God will help work this thing out. Hallelujah. Well, our time's up again today. Come back tomorrow. We'll go further into this here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941 702 7390.